Hi, welcome to the Helihead Show. I'm your host, Daryl Dump Truck Thorpe, with my very special guest, Ben the Gambler Stork, and Donnie Pesci. And this is episode 85, West Coast Takeover with Ben and Donnie. Hi guys. What's Hello. going on? Ben, thank you. Donnie, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, 8 p.m. on the West Coast Pacific Standard Time. Nevada is uh, PST as well, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, good. So we're all in the same time zone. Instead of usually the uh, the Helihead cast and crew, usually they're always on the East Coast time. So right, bit of a different thing. Uh, so excited to have you. I, first of all, I was when I reached out to you both about this idea. I was like, they're going to say no. They're not going to reach. <laughs> they're not going to get back. And you both responded right away. And I was like, no way. Okay, awesome. So th- guys, thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited Absolutely. to chat with you, uh, pick your brains about your setups and things like that. So, And it's really cool to me that you, obviously we're all West Coasters. But to both of you are on Team Heli Direct and fly similar models, correct? In your uh, arsenal? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. similar. Great. I, I mean, so I can't wait. I know you guys are both uh, very active in social media, so I'm sure a lot of the listeners, which are probably just five or ten, they know what you, some of the hell is you have in your arsenal. But I, but at the same token, I, I'd like to find out a little bit more if that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, generally, the uh, the Heliheads podcast starts with the format of uh, what's been going on in your week. Well, um, for me, uh, this week, I'm riding my bike. Uh, if anybody knows, I like to I like to get the miles in on my bicycle. So every day I, I go out and do about 30 miles on my bike. And, uh, you know, I go flying, go flying afterwards. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do every, every day. Wow, man. Do you fly every day, Ben? Well, usually, uh, not really. I can't say every day. So okay. I say, like, every other day. <laughs> wow. I, I wish I could. I wish I could do that. I mean. Unless I'm like training for like a contest or something, then that's a little different. That's every day. Okay. Anything else hobby related? I mean, oh, uh, like, what do you mean? Oh, going on in your week. Well, what's going on is I'm just, you know, out flying and, you know, testing some new things I can't talk about, but, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe you'll just start blabbering and release some good info. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to. Uh, well, I, I, I'm not that kind of guy because I, I work on <laughs> secret projects all the time as well. So I understand. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Donnie, what's going on with your week? Oh, it's going great. Uh, so far, it's been good. It's been smooth. Uh, actually, I uh, started a new job at the you know, United States Postal Service. So really? Working with them. Yeah, for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're making a little extra cash on the side, so that's, that's sweet. not a bad thing. Yeah, um, and then hoping to get out to fly this week. Uh, over here, it's been beautiful in San Diego. The weather's been perfect. Uh, mornings have been calm on wind and stuff, and uh, I'm hope, hoping to get out and um, do some flying this weekend. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's been a smooth and fun weekend. Rad, rad. 
with you working for the post office, if you see a heli direct package or an A main package or like a BK, do you put that at the front of the line? So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Handle with care too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we need more of that more like uh, pilots that work for the post oh parts oh that priority shipping yes yeah. right now i they mean, need this Donnie, it's, is that my why first, there? it's my first week and i don't want to scare anyone but man it's a little scary seeing how how they handle our packages and um yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's it's a little eye-opening oh i'm sure yeah. Yeah. Ben, yeah. sorry, you, you, you asked a question of Donnie and it, we couldn't quite hear you. Uh, I said, Donnie, is that why you applied there to make sure you get your uh, your packages first? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if I see my name, I'm putting it up up front. It's going on the truck. <laughs> well, I, mean, do you... I, I was like, how did Donnie get his package before me? I thought I was closer <laughs> to Ellie Direct than Donnie. I know, right? <laughs> San Diego's just a little quicker than than on the route. Yeah. Uh, I guess so, huh? Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Uh let's see. So my week. What very interesting. So last the, I didn't fly this past weekend, but the weekend before I, I snuck out of the house and I went to fly. The weather was great, but it was a little windy. And let's see, I put up my I've got a Kraken five eighty, which I put up first. I have a little bit of a mechanical issue going on in the tail. I'm not sure if it's mechanical or a tuning issue quite yet i'm gonna ask a friend hopefully this weekend to see if he can have maybe take it up or have a gander at it. i'm not really sure what's going on with it but uh however it was windy and it might have been a little bit too windy for the the 580 maybe but then my second flight was my my raw 700 and she was fine it even though the wind gusts it the weight i don't know the 700 doesn't really seem to care too much about the wind if there's 10 12 ish going on but still the the raw 700 is flying great looks great uh mine is yellow uh, i and um then i went to fly my v1 specter v1 and i don't know why i sometimes get so ambitious to just go fly that I sort of forget to do a little quick check, cyclic, forward, elevator, back elevator, tail, blah, blah, blah. But I put the pack in, put the canopy on, put it on the pad, about to walk away. And then I was like, oh, let me check. And so I cyclic, left, right, pitch, great, elevator, great, tail. And the tail wasn't moving. And, but I heard the servo doing his thing and i went what in the and so i picked up the heli and then i broke off the servo horn right off the the tail servo and i was kind of like well, how did i like i dropped it or and i kind of remember the last time i flew i picked up the heli and it the tail pitched and banged really hard on the table that i was using but I, I didn't think nothing of it, but I think I snapped the servo horn off right then and there and never looked or checked or blah, blah, blah. Didn't see if there was any damage when I smacked it. But uh, I mean, I would have figured out real quick that something was wrong with my tail if I started spooling it up, obviously, real quick. But uh, I'm glad it was the one instance where I, I was just thinking like, oh, let me check. And so 
I did, and I was very thankful. Like, oh wow, so glad I checked that. Yeah. It's a good catch. Good Always catch. Good to catch it like on the ground. <laughs> uh, what's what's going on with your uh, five eighty? I don't know. Um, it it's got a slight. It's it's like the tail is hunting. Hmm. And we're talking about, but when I pitch pump out, you know, climb. Yeah. Tail is solid, uh, but just in a hover. Uh, mind you, it was a little windy that day, so I wasn't sure if the wind was kind of blowing it around a little bit too much. But the tail just kind like of. Slow, is it a slow hunt or is it like a fast, like high it was a game hunt? Slow hunt. Huh. Slow hunt. And just a hover. Just a hover. Uh, well. I was gonna say, um, I mean, it could be, could be a few other things, but something I would try. Which you you fly V control, right? Correct. Yeah, I'm on V bar. Yeah, you know the wag uh, support. No, I don't. Yeah, so you go to tail and then you go to expert. Uh huh. Um, yeah, pro, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, and what do you do? You have a classic or? Uh... I'm on a classic. Okay, so. You go into the tail expert. It's 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 wag something I forgot um, on the V touch, but for us it just says wag and then like so. Well, I think it just says is it it's on like S U P P or something like that. Is it on a default uh, number and go up? It's at zero. It's, yeah, at, it's zero. at zero. So then and go then up. You just go maybe like five, ten points or so, and then try. It. And that's what it's supposed to do. Like that, it doesn't over. It doesn't hunt um, in a hover. Okay. Because if you punch out and it's fine and it ain't blowing out or anything, then you should be fine. Um, I forgot. Kyle explained. Kyle Dahl, when they released that update, uh, he explained what it does. Okay. Um, and it's something that has to do with the servo, like uh, frequency being higher than what it. I don't want to say things. That, it's it's something that it's the where the I think the neo and the tail it's not in the same number and that's what causes the lag. Um, so they added this option and, uh, you can add like increase the number and it helps support and matches the number with the, I guess the Neo and the servo okay. to prevent that happening. Yeah. in the hover. Okay. It, it's interesting cause it's only on that model. I have, uh, what two other seven hundreds, how many flights do you have on, on that model? Now, honestly, though, that it's a newer build, so probably 15 huh. at this point. Okay. There's one thing that um, I usually check on my helis. If I get, like, a wag or something that comes out of nowhere is the tail thrust fairings. Mm -hmm. You know, if they go bad or, or, you know, they get dry with no grease, they might start locking up, and that'll cause, you know, some weird tail actions, you know? That when I do check the tail, it feels still feels nice and smooth. There's no notchiness to it. That's good, yeah. Uh, the tail does seems to be solid, like there's no play in the spindle shaft. It's oh, okay, nice good. tight. You're for sure that you put the tail thrust bearings in correctly? Like I could, not one ooh, good point. Very, very good. Because if there's mm, one that's yeah, not incorrect, really good point. it cause yeah. a problem. Because, you know, under load, things will change. Uh, maybe I'll take the tail apart and check that. Yeah. All right. Thanks for Worth that advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Now we can uh, we can just sign off now and just uh, go. <laughs> go you know. Wow. Thanks, guys. How oh, cow, gentlemen? If you bear me with me for a minute, one of the the things that Kevin and Gucci do to each other is they always they 
go, uh, hey, Donnie, hey, Ben, guess what? 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 <laughs> I finally got a raw 700 KSC. I'm super stoked. A three-headed, three-bladed, three-bladed, three-headed, excuse me, three-bladed model. I've wanted one for a long, long time. I saw a good friend of mine fly his and was like, I got to try that. Right, have you guys flown three-bladed heads before? Yeah, I mean, I have, yeah, on, uh, on my Alliance 700X a few years ago. You still have it up and running, Ben? It's not up and running, but I still have it. it it's missing some parts that I had to rob off it at one point, so. Do you enjoy it, the three-bladed thing, or is it? Or is it too much information? You know, it's cool. I like it. The, the problem with it was is the, the Align wasn't really designed for a three-bladed head. It was oh. kind of, you know, it's just a two-bladed heli. And then they came out with a three-bladed head, just slapped it on there and, you know, and figured it would work. And it does work, but the problem is the three-bladed head, it, it creates a lot more torque. And, um, you know, the helicopter can't really handle the three blades, you know? Like, I was sure. stripping main gears. I was stripping tail gears. Really? You know? Yeah, so... It's not really designed for a three-blade head, but it works. <laughs> wow. And it, well, mind you, this is a while back. This is a few years back, so, you know, it might be better now, but. Uh, well, okay, so, well, maybe you guys can, uh, the next uh, SoCal Fun Flight, which I don't think it's going to be SoCal. What are we going to call it? Mid-Cal? Mid-Cal? Oh, yeah. Mid-Cal, the next <laughs> in. Um, oh, well, there's one in February. I don't think I'm going to make that one, but I, if. The ranch? Yeah, I don't know. I'll try the ranch fun fly. It would have been February ish. Yeah, I highly recommend trying to make that. Okay. okay. Uh, the Ken Marshall Ranch yep. uh, fun fly. Yeah. I've amazing heard, event, amazing venue. I've heard people. nothing but good things. Nothing, oh, nothing yeah. but good things. Ken's such a great guy. Um, ben can, you know, go with this. Um, you know, he goes above and beyond. And. You know, for him, I mean, the place, I, I don't know, if, you know, the listeners, if they're interested, I'm possibly going. It's actually, um, now it's not where he lives, uh, Ken Marshall, but it's where his uh, work is. Um, oh, so really? He, he owns a construction company, and this is kind of their, like, facility. Also, it's also, like, his venue. Um, he has, like like, two houses now. He's building another house, like nice, like kind of like little mansion houses, and they rent it out for like weddings and stuff. So you could have a wedding there. They have a big piece of land. Um, they have horse stables. Um, they have the shop for the his um, job, uh, his company, um, and then he has a flying field he made. And every weekend, um, a group of guys go out and they go fly with him and. It's a nice little, it's a nice venue. It's a nice venue. And he goes, as I said, and Ben can say too, we've been there, what, like two years, Ben? Yeah, I think two. Yeah, yeah, two years. And he, he puts on like a great venue, uh, great food, great times, great people. Um, and the weather's mostly pretty pretty dang good. Um, and so, uh, yeah, if anyone listening, I would highly recommend trying to make that if you're trying to come to the West Coast. Uh, it, well, it does look beautiful in the photos, for sure. Yeah. Uh, very uh, little house in the prairie with, with helicopters. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? You know, with the hills in the background and, and, and all that, and the big um, windmills in the background, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to put it on the list. It's on the list, but let me see if I can finagle that. How f 
I have to look. What is that? It's out. It's not outside of. No, it's only four hours from LA. Is that correct, or is it a little farther than that? I can't remember. Might be a little further. I'm a little not yeah, I think it's a little further. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's up towards like Sacramento area. Oh, that's right. All right. Yeah. Got it's it. pretty far for me, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. Vegas to that. It's just a little bit more of a looking at it geographically. Kind of out of the way, isn't it? I get it. Uh, it yeah, because you can either go up up Nevada, up to Reno, and then cross over there, or you can or you can go the other way, which is down you know through like Bakersfield and up through there. But right, which you know, you, I mean, either way. But the going up to Nevada is kind of sucks because it's all two lane road up there and it takes a little longer. They, and I'm at very mountainous terrain, so it's kind of slow and windy. Yeah, I imagine right. Yeah. And then if you go go down through California, it's more miles, but it's faster. So no, oh, cool. Yeah. Right. Well, hopefully I will see you guys there. If not, uh, uh, the next fun fly in April. That one's on my calendar. I'm blocking it out, telling people I'm not available, my family I'm not available. So hopefully I'll see you at that one. Which You're I, talking about which one? Well, they're well, I, I, they're calling it Urcha West. Ah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yep. Yeah. Kind of replacing the San Diego Fun Fly in a way. Same, same kind of dates. Yeah, I guess bit. so. Yeah. Yeah. It'll never be replaced though. That that yeah. that's amazing. I, I, I'm really sad that that field's getting you know you know taken away, but is what it is. Donnie, you being down in San Diego, have you, uh, are you friends with, and do you talk to some of the guys that fly at that field? Do you know anything about the, what's going on? Or I, I don't want to spread rumors, but it was such a beautiful, I know they were trying to find a new field, correct? Yes. Uh, there was many talk about, um, relocating, uh, I don't know if, because, um, I don't know to, the, um, listeners, um, this is in, uh, San Diego, a little up North, uh, Northern San Diego. Um, and this is where they held Heli Freak uh, for, for I think, for years, yeah. yeah. And it got super big. I know Bert, uh, Bobby, all the guys have um, shown up there and uh, and flown there. Um, and um, during that time, it was pretty much uh, for us from San Diego that would would be considered kind of like out, kind of you know inland um not developed yet kind of uh at very that time. Just open yeah at the time pretty much land and i would just have to say within probably the past like six seven years which isn't too too long ago um they started building a lot of more housing and like stores around um which is called uh fallbrook where uh the field's located um Palomar Flyers, and uh, the 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 next one up would be ta- uh, little um, town is uh, Temecula, and they've grown so much within those years too. So, um, unfortunately, what they're trying to do is put a bunch of housing around the field, and then on the field would be like a shopping, a little center town, oh. like town hall center. Okay, um, and. So they were supposed to be kicked out, I oh, think, in September. They still have yeah. the field, though, at the moment. But 
what I found out, yeah, they still have the field. Um, and it's just a, it's a great, it's great guys that, that, that fly there on the helix side. The cool thing about the field, um, besides, you know, going for the fun fly is, um, I, I go here and there like on the weekends and it's a, it's a two field. So it has a, where the event is, it's like paid the runway, um, nice facility, uh, great views. Um, and it's big. Uh, that's the planker side. Um, and then <laughs> how, how I said that too. <laughs> um, and then they got the little heli field, which is nice. It's, it's smaller, no, not a runway, but it's nice and green grass and it's perfect for us. It's simple, nice pad, helipad, um, concrete, you know, right there with grass and a great view too. And you just have your own little space. And it's a it's probably like on a good weekend, it's probably like maybe like ten or so people. Oh, wow. And it's great. It's great. It's like you could connect well and great people and they're so every every pilot there is so nice and willing to help and um they're just like been in the hobby for a long time. Um so unfortunately, uh, sooner or later they're gonna have to let, let go of the field and be fully kicked out um and i'm not sure on updating uh, on the updates of a new field there was talk of a possible field just up the street from the old field oh, okay um but nothing i don't think like how it was at palomar um yeah, the original uh site but they're a great club and great people sad to it's kind of sad to see um and uh, another club I used to fly out, fly at, and I go sometimes. Uh, it's called Choyas uh, RC Flyers, and they're kind of kind of dealing in the same situation with getting, the city and and um, not really getting the help they need um, because the the club is really falling apart uh, physically. Oh, wow. Yeah, like the the runway is like terrible. Um, it's on a landfill, so it's starting to sink and stuff. Um, so. Things like that, it, it's kind of scary to see some of my clubs around me that have been here for a long time starting to take a hit um, from development or from just lack of uh, support from the city or just from other things too. So. That's the uh, the unfortunate price of living in Southern California is number one, we have, I mean, the benefits are like, oh, well, the weather's great. Let's go fly. But at the same token, it does seem like this looming issue of, well, you're flying on a really expensive piece of land right now that some guy wants to come build apartment complexes on top of. And uh, I worry about that at my two fields in L.A. Um, but so far, fingers crossed. Nothing's happened. Uh, it's interesting. Ben, do you have the same kind of situation at the, the club you fly at? No, no, we're pretty good. Our, our field's pretty stable. It's, I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. That's good. Yeah, it's good. The only problem we have out there is uh, the homeless population. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of homeless people that live out in the, in the wetlands over there by the field. And, uh, Even with the you know, crazy it, heat in the summer? Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know how they survive out there. It's you know, it gets really hot here, like 115 all yeah. summer long. It's just amazing that they can survive in that, you know. Wow. And uh, during the summer, you know, they'll they'll come over and they'll they'll fill up their water or whatever at the we have we have you know water stations there. They they fill up their water and they charge their phones and stuff, you know. Which I mean, I don't know, but 
I just try to stay away from them and stay out of the trouble, you know? Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to piss any of them off. I just, you know, do my thing, let them do their thing. And I don't, you know, that's wow. it. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people that fly out there, they're, they're getting kind of, you know, just angry with them and they'll start fights with them and stuff. And the cops will be called out there and they say they kick them out, but they always come back, you know? Yep. To me, it's not worth it. I'm not going to start a problem with them. I just let let them do their thing, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. As long as they don't walk off with any anything that I own, you know, like a heli or like a radio or anything, that that's all I'm worried about. But so far, it's been fine. And usually, when I go fly, there's somebody else out there that you know. While I'm flying, they're kind of just sitting back watching everything. There's a little bit of that sometimes at at Carson in. Um, it's generally okay because there's generally a couple people around with you so you can literally leave your stuff while you go fly for a few minutes but then somebody told me oh oh, if I'm here by myself I go in the inside and close the gate and lock the gate and I was like oh that's smart so yeah yeah I've been to Carson I know I know and I a long time ago though What's yeah, that? Ben too. Oh, really? Yeah, I, yeah. When like 2000, like 11, 12, like a long time ago. Oh man. Let's, yeah. Let's get the I, I let's get the band with, back uh, together. Do you know Tim Jones? Uh, no. Forgive me, I don't know Tim. Okay, well, he, yeah, I, I used to fly out there with Tim. Sometimes I would, I would, you know, drive out to California and we'd fly at Carson. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah. So then, Donnie, where if you're, I think you live southern San Diego, correct? Yeah, super south, like so, right against the border. <laughs> yeah. But you, um, so funny, are you, are you flying at Cholos then, or you're you're not flying at that club right now? Oh, um, so currently I'm not flying at Cholos. Uh, Cholos, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Everyone calls it uh, different names, but yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm not flying there. Um, I just kind of been liking to fly by myself a little bit more. Okay. Uh, which I've been just trying to test some new things out and I rather just fly. Um, because technically I only, I really, uh, that's like about like a, probably about like a 30 minute or so, uh, drive, depending if there's traffic or not. Oh, is um, it really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a little inland, um, a little bit past downtown, um, from where I'm at uh, downtown San Diego, it's a beautiful field. It's 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 on a high mountain, kind of, and you could view downtown San Diego, um, and it's it's a nice sized field. Um, but I I have a field probably like ten minutes away from my house. Uh, it's called Chula Vista. Um, that's where my dad puts on Buzz in the Border. Got uh, it. Okay. Buzz in the Border. Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's crazy. You could like throw a rock and and you could and the rock could go over to uh, the the Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Over the border. Um, but it's a big field and, um, it's a great, it's fun. It's, uh, usually really not many people go down there. So I fly down there in peace and stuff. And, um, it's cool. Like the border patrol will stop on their brakes and just watch me and stuff. So (laughs) it's, and another cool thing, it's kind of down in a ravine, um, which is a bad thing too, which I'll explain, but I'll do like, when I'm alone and no one's out there, I, I can do like TikToks down the runway and it echoes off because it's like surrounded by like a, like, like, like a barrier. And it, it just sounds so cool. Cause I could just go like, blah, blah, blah. And it, you could hear it echo throughout like the whole thing. So it sounds pretty cool. Um, 
the bad thing about that, it's right next to the Tijuana uh, River. Uh-huh. And un- unfortunately um, for us, when it rains, uh, the river and and over in the, over the border, uh, there's a um, sewer plant. Is like it's been kind of like uh, out of service for a while. So when it rains or it rains over there and backs up over there for them, they let it go. And it's actually very a hot topic over here for for both the United States and uh, Mexico. Uh, Mexico. And what happens with that and the rain and the the river gets backed up and it floods us completely out. So with uh, dare I say poop water or just yeah with sewer ah, water man. So, yeah ah. so yeah so about two weeks ago before I left uh, the week before I, or the the few days before like two days before I left uh, the to the rodeo um, we had rains all night and unfortunately it flooded the whole field. It's like a lake out there, um, and it takes about like a, at least like a week or so to dry out, and then it hardens up into like kind of like potato chips kind of thing. So we gotta like um, nice. scrape them, scrape it off, and clean it up. So um, that's that's where that's what I'm dealing with. But I'll, I'll go to Choyas or Palomar, yeah. But it's a beautiful field. Um, just that's the unfortunate thing. And uh, just things like that, too. It's kind of different fields have their, I don't know, Quirks. the listeners, if they if they uh, experience other things, like with the rains or probably snow from back east. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, ben, you said something there. No, I was just uh, commenting on that. Um, in Arizona, Donnie was showing me pictures of uh, his field, you know, that got flooded out. It's, it's pretty crazy what the flood does, you know. It's wild. Yeah, but and to your point, Donnie, it is kind of like uh, it seems like a lot of the guys that are doing podcasts are all on the East Coast, so they're always talking about the winter and it's cold out. So I guess we have our own problems to do. To do. Mm-hmm. Losing fields, <laughs> fields flooding sometimes. In a different yeah. way. Uh, it's usually yeah. not the weather. Yeah. Uh, it's or, I don't know. How, what about you, Ben? Uh, like, in the summer, like Vegas gets very hot, man. Okay, good question. I don't know how, I don't know how you do it. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, man, I don't know how I do it either. I don't know how my helis do it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's the nice thing. Do you have issues like that? Yeah. Ben, where you, you brown out literally just because your ESC goes, um, I'm done. No. You know, it, it's amazing. Like I said, the, the technology and everything now with, with all these helicopters, it's amazing that they can operate at such high temperatures. You know, I, I would land my helicopter and, and you could just smell like the motor. It's so hot. You can smell it like burning, you know? Wow. And, you know, I would take temperature. It'd be upwards of like almost 200 degrees. So really, yeah, wow. it's just amazing that the motor can handle that. So, and, you know, All right, Ben, are you, uh, do you go out in the noon or four o'clock or I grew up in the desert. So I, I do know what, and I don't miss it by the way. So I do know about that. You know, you don't want to be out flying around at noon. But which, no. what, do you, what do you like to do when it's the dead of summer, so to it's, speak? You have kind of two options, really, and that's it. It's either early morning okay. until like 8 or 9 in the morning, and it's already 105, so it's right. time to go home, you know? Or at the end of the day when the sun is kind of starting to go down. I mean, it's still like 110, but at least you don't have the sun beating on you. Well, you and – so, but – 
Ben and Donna, you guys are but such proficient pilots. You could just sit in your car with your AC blasting and fly right in front oh, of you. Yeah, that that is kind of what I do sometimes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave my leave my car running. Kind of kind of expensive in gas prices now, but <laughs> yeah. That, and it, and the car is sitting there still. It doesn't really cool the car that well idling. No, it kind of no. works, but. I also have an RV too. So, you know, sometimes when I'm out there practicing all day, I'll I'll pull the RV out there and run the AC. So okay, the AC and the RV keeps up okay with that crazy weather. And and not not with one. So I had I have two ACs in my in my RV to keep up. You do not mess around. I like no. this. Because <laughs> one one will keep it maybe 85, 90, You know, but it's got to be cooler than that. <laughs> yes, it does. So. Wow. Yeah. But it's very expensive to run two ACs all day. It'll cost me like $30, $40 in gas just from the generator. Yeah. Instead of your your motors and ESC are working hard and your generators are working twice as hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just to keep cool. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's a little rough. But uh, this time of year in the winter, it's very nice in Las Vegas. So it's worth it now. Same here. I, I can count on so many hands where we've, I don't think anything's going on this year, but we've, I've just randomly packed up my stuff and then gone to the the field on black friday and it's everybody's there flying <laughs> you know and the and i'm in shorts and a t-shirt and it's like sorry sorry east coast listeners i'm sorry but it's just like you know i can't believe this is happening right now everybody else is freezing their ninnies off and we're buying stuff online which is a good thing to do with a hobby but Still, uh, I I do I do I understand what we where we live and how lucky we are to yeah do this absolutely. hobby and have the weather we have for sure. So you guys want to get in some questions? Let's yeah, do let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Donnie, I'm going to start with you first then. Ooh, okay. Because obviously, my first question on the list is like, where did the gambler come from? As opposed with regards to Ben, but Donnie, do you have a nickname? And a nickname that you want to share to the public that's out in the universe. You know, if you were going to just say, yes, but I'm not talking about that, move on. I'm, I'm totally cool. <laughs> um, I've heard, like, just little nicknames here and, here and there. Um, some of the guys from down here, um, when I was a little bit younger, used to call me uh, Little D. Oh. Um, yeah, because I was I was still a little young kid and uh, you know running around, so they would call me Little D, and to this day they still call me Little D. Um, see, when I was uh, on my streak of breaking a lot of helicopters, either in flight or <laughs> something, they call me the stress tester. Oh, that so, was genius! T-shirts yeah, so, made. Yeah. So I was doing that for a little bit. I was called that, but that's been about it. Just, you know, mostly little D. I think your heli direct jerseys should have the stress tester on the back. Yeah. (laughs) Personally, that's just me. I agree with that. (laughs) All right. There's two. Well, let's see if we can get more people to vote in on this, this uh, decision. Shall we start a poll? I know, right? Start a form, guys. That's amazing. Hang out. <laughs> yeah, I just I started like wanting to fly harder and harder, um, and then once I broke one helicopter, I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I can do this!" <laughs> and now I just try to break everything. So there you go. Uh, that's that's kind of my goal now um, to try to break things, that's see how goal. much they hold, and if they break, you know, move on, try something else. So 
that's a good goal. Yeah. All right, so Ben, then I'm going to zero in on you. Where did the gambler come from? Well, I came a long time ago. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Pinion, uh, the, the puppet that used to do videos on YouTube. Do you know of him? No. Uh, well, the guy behind Pinion is John Johnson is his name. He's okay. from Texas. Okay. And he used to do uh, this little puppet, hand puppet, you know, like, and his name was Pinion. He would do YouTube videos. You actually probably go search it right now on YouTube and, and look it up. I want to write it video. down because I don't want to search where you're, yeah. where you're talking. Yeah, just pin, Pinion. Pinion 3D or something like that. Pinion 3D? No, I've never heard of this. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and he used to do, like, cool little videos with this puppet, you know? Donnie, do you remember? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, he, he came up with the, the, the my nickname, The Gambler, so it's from him. Okay. But I thought it fit really well. I'm from Vegas, right? Right. And But I don't gamble, so that's, uh, you know... <laughs> You don't gamble? Okay. Well, you I do gamble. gamble. I do gamble. He does. He does. In, yeah. With yeah, my gravity, <laughs> right? I, yeah. I've seen you gamble with gravity and win numerous occasions. Yep. I, I also gamble with like um, little bushes, but they take me out at oh. the Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the damn bush. Yeah. Well, I tried to do an auto and just like cut the bush a little bit one time at the rodeo and it, it just completely took my heli out. So did it catch on the skids and just flip forward, nose forward? No, I came inverted and it was like, I guess there was like a really thick like branch that I hit and it just took out my blades. And that was it for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's on video, uh, last year at the rodeo, not this year, the, the, previous, oh, the previous year. year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll find but now it. every time I go to the rodeo, they're all, you know, watch out for the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the standard. Yeah, it's pretty standard now. The standard joke. Okay. Yep. Right on. It was on. a brand new model, too, so it was pretty upsetting for me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, but it is what it is, you know? Let's see. Well, we've been talking about it a little bit, but I did have the question. So, Donnie, Donnie where are you from? Uh, San Diego, California. Born and raised, by the way? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Good for you. Uh, uh, San Diego has a special place in my heart. I wish I could live there. So I'm very jealous that you're there. By the way, yeah, right. Well, I, I'm I I live in San Diego, California. Where I'm where I live live is uh, Imperial Beach. So I'm like Ben. Ben's been to my house a few times, and he always comes. Like he tries to come every summer. But I live probably like I don't know, like eight, ten houses from the beach. Like, oh wow! Like literally, and like feet on like sand. Um, you like step on sand, you know, basically, and put your feet in the water. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, are you a surfer or a water? Yes. Sports yeah. guy as well. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I take advantage of the ocean too, and, as you and should. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. So it's fun, and then I have a field. When it's open, <laughs> uh, ten minutes away from my house, so perfect. Not that bad, yeah. Ben, where are you from? Well, I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> uh, well, we don't have a beach here, but it's you know we've got casinos. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you from uh, born and raised Las Vegas? Yep, born and raised. Wow. Okay. I don't think I know too many people that are actually born and raised in Vegas. Yeah, uh, you know we try to stay away from the casino. You know. Uh, oh, that I do Vegas. know. If you're born and raised here, you kind of just stay on the outskirts and you don't really go down there unless you, you know, have friends you want to take down there and show them around. But 
Right. And let's be honest, you, you go down to Vegas, or, you know, the strip, because I was just there in, in March with a friend for literally just two days. And, I, and about 24 hours into it, I was like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I can see that. I'm done. But, you know, it's fine. It's still fun to do it and then get your fill and then move on. Yep. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people, they always ask, well, you're from Vegas. How do you know, how do you not gamble and this and that? And, and it's like, I just stay, I stay away from the casinos, man. <laughs> you just don't because it's, yeah. it's like you walk, you walk into the casino and it's, you just spent 50 bucks just to walk into the casino almost. Yeah. It's very expensive. Yeah. Yep. It's really expensive. It's crazy. Johnny, how did you start in the hobby? Um, so how I started, I've been kind of involved I've been surrounded by the hobby, uh, both planes and helicopters from my dad. Um, since man, since I could remember, um, I, he, he started when he was about in his twenties or so, and then, uh, gave up, uh, or left the hobby for a bit and then came back before I was born. Uh, when the helicopters were still coming up still, and he was getting into the Raptors and stuff, and uh, he was into that until uh, like 2000 and like 10 or so. He left the hobby again. Okay. Um, and he had asked me um, if I wanted if I wanted to fly ever fly helicopters, um, and you know I, I would do the Aerohogs and <laughs> and kind of touch the sim here and there. Um, and I just told him I wasn't interested and I was about nine or so when that happened. And, uh, we would, uh, sometimes go to the, uh, on the West coast, we would have the AMA convention, um, in Ontario, California. So, um, one of the club members said, let's go, uh, to my dad and my dad asked me and I was like, you know what, I'll go. And I was about, um, 11, uh, and we were out at the we were at the convention and stuff, and um, I don't know. It's just I was kind of in that era of gaming, uh, video games, just playing different video games and stuff. And um, I came up to one of the local hobby shops or one of the hobby shops uh, booths, and I saw the simulator again, and I was like, "Dang, this looks like because it caught my interest because I was kind of like a gamer, and I started like playing with it." And I was like, man, this is so fun. Like, I actually like this now. Um, and just like that, my dad got me real flight. I think it was like real flight six or so. And uh, I, I, took, I I couldn't wait to get home. I just wanted to get home and like just put hours on this game. To me, it was a game. Um, for me, when I when I played, uh, when I simmed, uh, I, I played it like a video game. Uh, sure. Basically, to not hit the ground. Uh, fly this thing and like you know try to land <laughs> um and uh i remember my dad telling me after a week i started watching videos and the funny thing is like i would watch all these like pros like ben story kyle stacy um all these other pros and uh i would i would try to take their flights and figure out how they're doing it like their stick movement and stuff and uh, i would just incorporate that and just move the sticks until it looked kind of like that. And I did that for a year until I got my first helicopter, which was a, a line of 450 DFC. Okay. And um, I remember from that day, I was ready uh, to fly it. And I wasn't, I wasn't scared of it. 
Uh, I've been swimming for a year and I just remember picking it up, like doing like the first maiden flight, checking everything and then just going straight into a hurricane and doing the, my little TikToks and tried my little loops and stuff. And I mean, nothing what I'm doing now, but <laughs> I was doing like little hurricanes and stuff and funnels. And um, that was like my second flight ever in real life. Um, so it just transferred over pretty easily. Wow. Um, but yeah, I took a year, a whole year before I touched an actual transmitter and a actual helicopter. So that's how I started. Wow, man. So really cool. Yeah. Especially to go from sim, sim, sim to just putting up a heli in the air and then a hurricane right away. Like, Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. My dad was blown away. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet, man. Well, it, honestly, yeah. I've seen you fly multiple times and it shows in your flying. So good job. And Thank you. It, it's a lot of fun to watch you, man. It really is. I, I appreciate it, yeah. Ben, so your turn. You're on the hot seat. How did you get in the hobby, by the way? Um, well, it kind of started, me and my dad kind of started together. So, um, you know, we, he'd always take me to the hobby store, uh, which was Hobby Town USA for us. Yep. Um, and they're not here anymore, but, wow. um, at the time they were, <laughs> so he would, he would, uh, take me in there and I was a really young kid, maybe five, six years old, maybe at the time. And we just look at the hobby stuff. And, and one day he, he, uh, you know, he bought me an RC car and that's, kind of where my interest started in the RC was cars. So we got into the cars, we did that for a little bit. And, you know, you know, for me, cars get boring after a while, getting a little boring for me as a young kid, you know, and, and when he would take me to hobby town, you know, I would see the airplanes hanging up and all the helis and the, all the cool stuff, you know, I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to try one of those, maybe, maybe an airplane or something, you know? And then, and then my dad's like, all right, all right. So he got me an airplane and my first airplane was a, a slow stick. I don't know if you know what that is. But I do not. Forgive me. Hopefully the listeners do. Yeah, somebody will know. It's it's made by GWS, and it was called a slow stick. And it was it was like this big foam, like red stick-looking plane. It was, you know, it's cool-looking, actually. <laughs> so anyways, that was my first plane. I had no idea what I was doing. And the way I learned is kind of interesting. So uh, my dad, would he would say, don't hit the power, right? So he would just toss the airplane and I would just glide until it would land. And that's how I learned to like fly the airplane. Oh, because we were talking at this time, there was no flight simulators. There was none of that. So you kind of just had to learn, you know, hands on, you know, <laughs> what year did you start flying then? Just out of curiosity, just for so, the timeline um, for like airplanes and stuff. Yeah. Like 2000, probably four, maybe okay. 2003. Four. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was quite a while ago. So, yeah, so that's how I learned how to fly airplanes, you know, and then I got better with airplanes and I flew airplanes probably until like 2007, eight. you know, at that, at, at that point I was like, all right, now I'm bored with airplanes. So what's next, right? <laughs> Onward and upwards. Yep. Yep. So then I got my first helicopter and my very first helicopter was a Shogun. Uh, Which I've heard of. Okay. It was made by a uh, hobby people. Oh, uh-huh. And it was a, it was a Shogun, very old school helicopter. It was like a, maybe a 450 size. I think it was. Okay. It had foam blades on it. You know, it was. Yeah. Seriously. Did you foam? <laughs> yeah. It was foam, foam blades? blades. Yeah. Foam blades. <laughs> so if you crashed it, it, nothing would happen, right? 
it would just snap the blade in half and it would be fine. You know, you just put new blades on it. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, Shogun was my very first helicopter. And uh, I remember my very first flight on it. I had the, the, the training, the training balls, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. Training um, gear. Yeah, the training gear. So I had those on and I took it off and I was doing pretty good. You know, everybody at the flying field, it was like, how are you flying that thing? You've never flown a helicopter before, you know, and this and that. I'm like, it's not that hard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the next weekend I was doing like figure eights with it. It's just crazy, you know. I mean, to me, I think I was kind of a natural, you know. Sounds like it. Yeah. And everybody at the field, they, they were kind of jealous. They were like, man, I've, I've been flying helis for three years, and I, I can't do a figure eight, you know. Well, I, I could I could make the same argument. To, I've been flying <laughs> helis for five years, and I could barely make a figure eight. So, okay, continue on with your story. Sorry. Well, you know, I was a young kid, so I was like, oh, seems kind of easy to me you know i don't know <laughs> so yeah no and that's how i started you know and it just progressed from there i eventually got an aligned trx 450 and that was that was a huge upgrade for me because you know the shogun you couldn't really do 3d with it i think it was only oh i don't think it was collective pitch i think it was just you know, you know only flying around you know yeah fixed right. pitch but um you know so when i got the trx 450 it opened all these doors i'm like oh i can go upside down now and i can do all these stunts you know wow yeah, that's how it started for me. So the the four fifty your first T Rex was that flybard as well? Yeah, flybar. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. With it so it it did have a gyro on it? Yeah, it had a, a Futaba, I think it was a four oh one or something. Yeah, when I first started there um they had tail gyros, so you know, it it was fly bar with a tail gyro. Okay. What it was. I know before like before then it was there was no gyros, you know, and it's crazy to think, how do they even fly without a tail gyro, you know? Uh, it was, it's, the conversation was, oh, my God, I hovered for 30 seconds. Right, right. <laughs> and that was impressive. Oh, oh, I did it. No way. Just in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we've come a long way. Come a long way. It's it's so interesting that, Donnie, you have the father and son story. Ben, you have the father and son story. Kyle, father and son story. Uh, uh Jamie Robertson, right? There's a, there's a lot of kind of like uh, generational things going on in the hobby, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and my dad does fly as well. He he likes to fly. Oh, he does. Yeah, he doesn't fly as much anymore to this day. But you know, when we uh, when we first started, he used to fly a lot with me. He'd fly airplanes, helis, you know. Okay. That's I'm trying cool. to get him back into it right now. I'm trying to get him a goose guy. So. <laughs> oh really? Oh oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, because I let him fly the other day, and he's like, "Man, this thing flies pretty good." You know, but he's he's a little hard headed though. He kind of he's kind of stuck in the old fly bar days. You know, he's like, "I want a heli with a fly bar." I'm like, "Nah, you need to get a fly bar." List. <laughs> if you want, I've got a couple sitting in the garage that somebody gave to me as like a oh. a, a project. Don't tell him that he'll be like, "Yeah, send it well, to me." <laughs> okay, well then maybe we won't. Maybe we'll edit this part out of the show, the show or something <laughs> like that, so he doesn't know. Like, wait, what? Fly bars? What? I yeah. want. Wow, uh, such cool. Thanks, guys, for telling. That's a, it's it's amazing to hear how you guys got started in the hobby. That's really cool. Well, my next question for you guys is both really because you're both team heli direct pilots, which is rad. Ben, do you want to go for who wants to go first talking about uh, how long have you both of you been with uh, Heli Direct now? Well, I, I guess I'll go first because I'm I guess I'm the newest, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm the newest. 
I think so, so. I, you know i've been with heli direct since uh, august of this year so um just kind of starting out and it's been great man you know i came from a line obviously i was with a team aligned for a long time maybe almost 10 years so wow yeah you know so it was a big change for me you know just uh you know doing something different and being able to to fly different models now it's really opening up a lot of doors for me yeah is that a lot of fun by the way coming from flying one brand for so long now it's like oh wait i can fly this and this and this it's it's crazy i mean i can't even explain it it's like it's like starting over again man it's it's like i'm building all these new models and it's just so much fun you know that yeah it's great i've been flying so much more than i usually fly so it's even better oh well that's good man well that's a positive Johnny, what about you? Heli Direct. Um, man, I think it was. I I I don't remember the exact day. I mean, year. It could have. I think it was 2019 or 2020. Okay. When I had joined, um, Heli Direct, and it was it was a bit slow. Um, the team wasn't really like um as it is now, like more interactive and stuff. Um. So I had sit on, uh, I was sitting with HeliDirect, uh, but I was also with XL Power at the time too. Okay. Um, and then, but now I'm fully HeliDirect, uh, and I actually work for HeliDirect now too. Oh, you do? I'm the brand, yeah, brand manager for Torque Servos and team manager for Torque and also for Pulse Batteries. So what is the brand, obviously I know what the team manager does. What's the brand manager role so so that goes over pretty much like social media uh so i I do all the social media from torque and um some with pulse now um and any anything we want to come out with hopefully you know new products uh updating uh um, current products uh something like right now we did the the bls 2208 um our uh, newer model, the HDE, which is the blackout edition, we we changed the servo leads to all black. Oh, cool! Um, then the traditional color. Um, so things like that. Uh, new products that we want to come out with in uh, this coming year, um, in twenty twenty three, we want to make a a few, maybe one or two new servos from Torx. So. Um, we're going to start working on that and, uh, any other things that we think, or you guys think, um, the listeners, you know, we always, we're always open to ideas and stuff and, and we always listen to the team. So we just kind of want just my, my main job is to build torque and, um, build a good reputation and build the product up. Um, because I know it's pretty, it was, it was more used, uh, in the earlier years, with outrage and stuff and uh they kind of went quiet um so they wanted to reamp torque and uh they're great servos and stuff uh ben can vouch on that um ben's actually on the team of cool. torque he's a he's one of our he's the main pilot of currently right now so um yeah so it's it's been good so and we're working on pulse now so that's gonna be fun right right yeah so the listeners, new things are coming out from Heli Direct and from Torque and uh, Pulse, so stay tuned. 
the if I may, the one thing that I, I've got a couple sets of expert servos, and I the one thing I do okay. love about the experts is the detachable servo lead. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, pretty much everyone on the team has to that, and in the comments too. And the, so. the with you know a detachable servo lead and being able to program it, like, dude, come on, take my money, like, let's go. It's gotta happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta happen. <laughs> <laughs> I would I kind of assume that things are in the works with that. I just yeah. Maybe. So the detachable servo leads are. Definitely on the high on the top of the list top of uh, the next model. Yep, and uh, ours are pro programmable. We have the T box. Yes, uh, it's our yeah the, our torque box uh, for the listeners. I don't know. So you change the frequency to um, the lower uh, the seven sixty um, from the standard, and then you could have fine tune center point on the servo with the little dial on the box. So. Uh, example like um, the SABs, uh, so the like the raw 700. When you get a raw or like a 580, for example, too, you get that little bracket yep. with the little line to center the servo. Well, instead of going on your in your V control or your radio uh, to fine tune that, if you can, uh, we can just plug it in before plugging it into the fiberless system. Put the tool on the servo and get exactly dead center. And then plug it in, and then we'll always go to the center at that point, angle or whatever angle you want it at. And that's a cool feature from Torque with the T box. And that's all of our lines, um, all the servos, and all the different lines we have. All the uh, are all the servos programmable at the moment. Yep. Oh, all yep. of them. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. I, that I didn't yeah. know. I thought it was sort of the newer yes. line that was only programmable. Okay, cool. So, yeah, so it's a cool thing now. It's a, it was a hidden uh, future we 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 didn't know we could do, and um, we we just needed a program box to do that. So okay. right we did it on there, and it's a nice little box, and uh, it's very handy uh, on new builds and stuff. And just wanted to test and change different frequencies back and forth. Um, I know Ben's done that, and yeah, um, yeah. How are you liking yeah. that, Ben? The the centering. Oh man, it's it's next level for sure. Uh, to be honest, I don't know how I I lived without it before. You know, when you're building a model and and you have uh, metal servo arms, you can't always you know get them exactly center. You know, correct. So you just have to adjust it on like like what Donnie said on the V bar or your flybrows unit, or you could do it mechanically or however you want to do it. You know, but it's so nice to be able to just plug them in and just get them perfectly center. You know, right off the bat. Game changer for sure. Total game changer. Uh, yeah, yeah, none of them, the servos I fly are programmable, but uh, it's definitely something on my priority list for the next purchase when that happens. Yep. And then it's cool because you can actually switch them, like you were saying, to uh, 760 as well. So you can run the faster uh, rate there, which is, in my opinion, I, I think it's a game changer as well flying it like that. But if, I might be crossing my wires here, but it's a good question to ask both of you. So, but changing it to 760 though, is that only on? Can V bar can handle the 760, or is that a Futaba thing? Is yeah, I think it's well. Cur currently, right now, I think it's uh, it's a Futaba thing. I don't think V bar currently does it. I know they. I know. I don't know if the new V bar has it or not, but yeah. And Joe Donnie. 
Um, I've heard, I've seen in the comments, uh, people say that it's probably not going to be added. No one really uh, knows yet. Uh, I hope they add it. Uh, um, I really hope, I know a lot of people would like that feature, but a lot of yeah. people are saying that wasn't really on Mikado's list. I'm not sure. Yeah. I hope they're wrong and I hope it, I hope Mikado did add that option. Um, it, which yeah, would I be really it, cool. It needs to be there. It needs to, they need to have the option because some people want to run it, you know. And uh, in my opinion, when I switched from fifteen twenty to seven sixty cyclic, it was it was very noticeable for me at least. And what I noticed was it wasn't like the servo is way faster now. It's not like that. What it is is the uh, the gyro is actually able to um, like any imperfection, like bobbles or anything with the helicopter that you had before on fifteen twenty when you switched to seven sixty it's completely gone. It's completely like locked in. So that's what I noticed with 760. So a little bit more of a smoother um, input then? Is that, is that what you're kind of getting at? Between the uh, you two? know, like sometimes you do like hard pitch pumps and stuff and you'll see like the cycle going to bobble a little bit when you stop. Sure. Um, when I switched to 760, I didn't change any settings and all that bobble was just gone. Interesting. And that's what I noticed. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I think the uh, the servos are actually able to react faster to any imperfections that the helicopter is doing. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. That's what I think. Yeah, I've never really talked to anybody about this topic before, so it's kind of interesting uh, hearing that, especially from you guys, where, where uh, Ben, you can, uh, you do, and you can fly 760. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe something in the future. Absolutely. Hopefully. I think eventually everybody should be on 760. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they've ran 760 on the tail, on the tail servos for, you know, years. And, um, you know, they're just now doing the cyclic, so. Huh. Well, uh, Ben, so maybe another question. What's in your fleet? Oh, I've, I've got many aligns, that's for sure. I'm sure everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got every align you could imagine. Every, so. uh, the 800 as well? I have, yeah, I have the 800, I have the 7s, of course, 550, the 650, uh, 500, 470, all the 450. I have, like, every align, so. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. But new in my fleet now, since I'm flying for Heli Direct, of course, um, SAB Raw 700, and cool. also the XL Power V2. Which one do you like to fly more? The, I have to say it right now, the SAB Raw. Really? It's my, yeah, it's it's my uh it's my favorite right now. It's my go-to. So I mean, I have a 700 raw and an XL V1, but it's uh -huh. not like the V the V1 it it it's fun. It's but man, the raw it just it feels kind of like a sports car to me or something like that. I'm not yeah, really sure. I agree. It's like a Ferrari, man. Right. Yeah. It's well in Italian, right? So yeah, there you go. <laughs> there yeah, you go. it's and, I, and you know what I really like about the RAW is the uh, ability to customize it. Like, you know, the different color canopies and the tail booms. And it's just really cool, you know? Yeah, I wanted to ask you. So you're flying the, was it the blue? Yeah, yeah, the, the blue, the blue and white RAW. Well, it's not really, it's all blue, but it has like white little lines. But I, I think you're a lot younger than I am. I, when I got my RAW, I wanted red because the red looks sweet speaking of ferrari right yeah. but i could not see it with my old ass eyes so i had to go <laughs> so i switched to yellow and it looks so much better in the air like i can just physically see the heli um do you do, the blue is it do you have a hard time when you're kind of 
jumping up 200 feet or something like that, trying to see the heli? Oh, or? To be honest, yeah. I mean, blue is pr- the blue and white is probably not good for visibility, but for me, I, lo- I just love blue. It's one of my favorite colors. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just kind of my signature color is just the blue and white. So No, but, but you're usually flying kind of on the deck-ish, or, or do you like to fool around and kind of go up really high for a little bit and yeah i like to i like to mix it up i like to have a a nice mixture of everything okay. every flight that i do yeah i don't want to just do smack the whole time and i just want to you know i, I kind of want to try new things you know switch it up that's cool yeah donnie what's in your fleet and what Johnny has a lot of my... <laughs> no well Dude, okay I, well I said... what's in your fleet right now how's that what hasn't been in my fleet all right. So currently, right now, um, I'm I went back. I went back a few years, and I am back on the logos. Uh, so I, I have two logo seven hundred. Sweet. Um, I only have one main one that I fly. Uh, uh, I have a five fifty, uh, a line five fifty X. I have, um, and I have uh, my other one is the raw seven hundred. Um, so my raw 700 i have uh let's see uh something that ben forgot to mention is we have our goose guys uh man i don't know man the s2 legend goose guy amazing yeah, little helis, by the way yeah i would i would consider that be like a 700 it does everything a 700 my 700 raw does basically Wow. And it has the power to do that, and it's amazing. Um, I, I have, I have a seven hundred nitro. Uh, I have a Proto seven hundred nitro. Oh wow! But it's gonna be a different nitro okay. for the new year. So I currently don't have. It's gonna be. It's getting changed, swapped into a new airframe. So I don't want to say what one it is yet, but I have one in the works. Um, so I'm excited for that. Sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, Ben, any nitros in your fleet? I do, but I haven't flown it in years. Okay. Probably need to engine now, but, um, I have the, uh, T-Rex 700 XN. Um, I flew it, I flew a little bit. I'm not really a big nitro guy, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I started out with nitro when I, when I first started, but you know, electric kind of took over for me and just, you know, it's all I've been flying since. So. Cool. Yep. Okay, so, back, Johnny, back to you. Which, uh, out of everything in your fleet at the moment, which one's your favorite go-to? Man, I, it's hard for me. I feel like my I, when I redesigned my fleet, because I'm as I said, I have like I've had pretty much every helicopter out there on the market, from helis that are no longer here to helis that are on the market still. Um, my decision to go back to the logo, uh, I've had a logo, um, and they're just amazing helicopters. Um, but the raw, the raw is, a, as we were just, we were just talking about is an amazing and special helicopter. I think, um, I prefer the raw over the Kraken. I had a Kraken 700. Cool. Um, yeah, I love my raw, uh, I love the color scheme. I have the USA. I made a USA edition. Um, I have a USA uh, edition canopy, um, which you can get at Heli Direct. 
uh, if you guys wanted any. I, I know All available at HeliDirect.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to put, put it at HeliDirect in there. I just I know a lot of people like the USA Edition stuff. So <laughs> I, if, a lot of people don't know we actually have a USA Edition raw canopy you could get because I know the new SAB uh, was it the the, the Puma, Freedom Pluma the Puma the Freedom Edition yeah Puma the Freedom Edition. Uh, just came out. Um, Which so is the that's Puma, cool. right? Yeah, the Puma. Okay. I wish it did the Raw because I would have loved to have two. Um, but um, I could do two. Yeah, I, you can do two. Yeah, I could do two. But with me, I'm always trying to find the next helicopter. What am I going to try next? So, well, can you talk? Well, that's an interesting point. Can you talk about what you're going to try next, or is that that kind of top secret, heli direct? No, it's. This one's not top secret. Um, with Heli Direct, it's nice because we could go with anyone, um, pretty much. Um, and and then the problem I had was I was going through so many airframes, just different airframes, some that could hold it up to me, some that couldn't. Um, and at the point I went back, I said to Logo, and then I got the raw because a goblin's always reliable, no matter what. Even I had the uh, goblin competition back when they were out and they were amazing. Um, and now it's kind of like Heli uh, We just picked up um, Arrow Panda, which is a uh, success. So we got success, uh, the Strike 7.1. Really? Oh, okay. So we got that. Um, that's on the table now. We have uh, the now on Black Friday. We're dropping. We're gonna start carrying Tron helicopters. Uh, so wow. that's another option. Um, and then it's almost kind of to the point is we're coming up to a new year. I want to do a new helicopter, a seven hundred electric. But I don't know what's coming soon from maybe SAB. Um, I don't know if they're going to come out with anything. So I'm going to wait, you know, a month or two just to see if I see any, any hints or anything. Um, and then I'll go from there. Okay. So far, I really like this, uh, strike 7.1 by Solxus. Uh, really, I, I was really surprised. It's one of those helicopters I flew and didn't want to give the controller back to my friend. <laughs> um, it's just a smooth helicopter. Uh, it flies great in a high head speed and a medium head speed and a low head speed. And the craziest thing, it feels like the same helicopter. I notice sometimes helicopters seem to get a little weird at a lower head speed or um, just feel different from low, even high to mid head speed. And this thing just kept up and it flew so much better. Uh, it flew, it flew really, really good in low head speed, surprisingly, but it also flew really great in um, high head speed. So it's an overall great helicopter and stuff. So yeah. I haven't seen a, a Saxos a seven point one in person yet. I really, really want to see one. Yeah, it's pretty interesting with all their gears and stuff. They uh, they uh, like drivetrain. They have so many gears, and it's pretty interesting how it all works. You know, it's all open and stuff. Um, compared to like a raw 700 and then their tail, their tail is very interesting. Uh, their tail, uh, push rod is, uh, it mounts kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It just mounts like on a rod. There's no arm, no servo arms. It just mounts straight on, um, to the servo and it moves kind of like that. And 
it's pretty interesting. It's a pretty interesting helicopter. It's boat driven. Um, and uh, it might be my next one. I'm not sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited for that. And then the nitro. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, I kind of have a, a an interesting question for both of you. So since you're both heli direct pilots and you can, and it sounds like kits or the availability of kits that you can fly and purchase is growing by the second, which is amazing. But out of all the kits that you've gotten over the course of your careers, like what is the one where you've built something like, wow, this thing just put together really well. Like the manual was great. Like what's, ones that stick out in your head like this one just went together like a dream and and i loved building it oh man for me it's definitely going to be the sab raw i have to go with that because that thing has the best manual i've ever seen on an rc heli so i mean that thing just went together so easy and everything was it just self-explanatory it was just a good build for sure I was wondering if you were going to say that. Uh, <laughs> Donnie? Um, looking at all the helicopters that I've owned and all, like everything, all the manuals from very good manuals to very bad to very mid. Again, SAB raw. I mean, <laughs> the raw manual is beautiful, but SAB overall from the very beginning, my first uh, SAB, which was the uh, Goblin Comp. Uh, 700 the manual was good and ever since they it seems like they've been they've gotten a lot better too from the crack into the raw um uh from the comp to the raw the manual had like changed a lot and it's really it's it's beautiful it's colored and it's, it's in detail and it, it's almost like like a like a the like adult lego manual very like it's a nice yeah it's very. Like a nice and it lays it all out and you can i, I think anyone can really build it you know building those, hellies uh, for dummies yeah <laughs> yeah there's uh there's been some interesting uh manuals um that have been like just one sheet of paper and it's a blown up cad design and 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 you're like it's just spread out with a bunch of bullets and you're like what? I know for some of the listeners who probably know what I'm talking about and have experienced this from other um, manuals uh, or kits. Um, and it's it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's kind of like you're going to be like, I just got to go with my gut. Like, my experience from building other helicopters, I just got to go with the flow. But, yeah. Definitely Goblin, yeah. I got to add to that, though. The line manuals are pretty good as well they are good ben <laughs> yeah, i built i, I built one a line and it was yeah, i was very i was very impressed and there was a few things about the align i built a 470 there's a few things about the align that i was like oh that's smart that's cool yeah yeah everything just kind of goes together with the align and i kind of got that same vibe when i was building my uh, sab raw so but just a little bit more detail with the manual correct yeah i mean the color manual is nice and everything. Yeah, it's just, it's good. My, the second kit I built, I built my first kit and I, mind you, I screwed it up greatly. It was, it was just genius how bad I messed up. But the second one I built, I felt a little bit more confident, but man, the manual was really like, whoa, uh, 
that I felt like they just sort of like, eh, eh, that'll get them through it. Just let them go. Uh, it took some haggling and some pictures of posting on the forum. Thank you so much to hang out for answering my crazy questions at one in the morning about like, where does this screw go and why does it go there? I appreciate that. Yeah. And another thing I want to add to about, you know, the manual, um, besides the manual, I would have to say like packaging wise and, you know, when you get it and open that box, you know, how, how it's laid, labeled and laid out. I think SAB does a great job too on that. Um, I remember getting the, the Kraken and, and um, opening it up and like everything's all perfectly in the boxes and stuff. And, you know, you could find everything, everything's labeled because other kits too have been um, from other manufacturers have been kind of, you kind of have to guess or kind of puzzle it together to find what part goes onto what or where it goes, you know, which bolts go in what part of the manual. So. I want to shout out on SAB on keeping up with their boxes to their, you know, the little boxes within the big box. And I, I really appreciate that. So that's pretty cool. Random questions. Have you guys done a build and you're like, there's a part, there's a part missing. There's a bag missing. Have you come across that? I, I, yeah, definitely. And most of the time it's my fault. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You, you yeah. misplaced the bag. So it wasn't the, the, one time, one of the one of the little bags got lodged in the box somewhere, and I couldn't find it. You know, I was like, "Man, they really um, like like missed put it. They didn't put it in there. You know, it's got to be in there somewhere." I was looking for it, and I finally found it. Like inside the box, you know, I was like, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> Just when you were about to pick up the phone and start yelling at somebody, you uh, wait, yeah, wait. Like, hey, you gave me a lemon kit. You didn't put all the parts in there. <laughs> Who? I mean, who's the guy? God bless the guys that are the when the like any manufacturer sab xl whatever they'll show all the parts and bags sitting on tables and tables i'm like man who's the guy who has to go through with the list to go okay this bag check this bag check like it, holy cow i can't yeah, that's, that's got to be a hard job right and to get it all right you know I mean, because I've, I've built, uh, what, four kits so far, and I've never had any anything missing from a kit. The old quality control of everything going in the box pretty well has been spot on by all manufacturers that I've built for. So thank you guys if you're listening to this. We've talked about it a little bit, but just in case we're missing anything, is there the HeliDirect and Torque and Pulse? Is there anything else that you guys are sponsored by? Uh, for me, Goose Guy. Oh, Goose Guy. Okay. Yeah, Donnie as well, Goose Guy. Okay. <laughs> yep. Torque servos, you already said, Pulse, yep. LA Direct. Yep. 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 Uh, ESCs or motors? Uh, uh, yeah. For, oh, go ahead. Uh, for me, no, no. Um, but probably different for Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, I have, uh, oh, man, I have a lot. Um, so. Yeah, obviously Torque, Pulse, uh, Heli Direct, um, Goose Guy. Um, I have a Zer Power on right now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I love those guys. They take care of us. So their um, other brand, Incorporated, uh, is uh, Hobby Wing. Uh, so love Hobby Wing. They always take care of me. Um, uh, good one. Another good one I'm sponsored by is, uh, and I know a lot of people agree, uh, Ego, Ego Drift. Uh, That's Vincent. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vincent's an amazing guy. Um, 
So I really appreciate him and the support he gives us. Uh, yeah. Ben, are you sponsored by anything MotorWise or ESC or? No, not currently. Um, you know, I, I just fly what I like, I guess, whatever Heli Direct sells, you know. Cool. And I, I like to fly Hobby Wing. Hobby Wing's great. Okay. Um, and I have Ego Drift Motors right now in my um, my V2 and also my RAW. So right on. They've been running great, yeah. And, uh, you know, over the years, obviously, I was flying Align Motors, and that's all I've ever flown. So can't really uh, compare, really. So, I mean, the Align Motors are great, and so so is the Ego Drift. So. Yeah, have you got a hankering to try something else out of curiosity? Throw in the bird. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I've been kind of itching to try uh, an X Nova motor, so see ah. what happens. Yeah. Okay. I ran into a situation with uh, 580 where I, I had a motor for it, but it it was kind of a difficult finagle to get in there, and so I just said screw it, and I called and I got an X Nova for it. So I was like, well, I do like the fact that what X Nova and uh, Ego Drift as well, right? Both the shafts you can order specifically for the the type of heli that you're trying to put it in, which is rad. Yeah, that's a nice option from both. You know, you could swap it. If you buy one, if you buy initially the motor for a certain helicopter, and then you get another one and put that motor, the same motor from that helicopter into another one, but it's a different shaft size. You know, it's easy to take out and, you know, put a brand new one that's, you know, different size and then slap it into the new model. Right. Um, so that is pretty nice, yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. This is Frank Moradeos, a.k.a. Way Less Doritos. I'm really grateful to be the new Maniacs USA team manager. And I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be working with some of the very best pilots in the world, such as Duncan Balsian, 2019 Global 3D Champion CD, as well as Aaron Wolf and Ramis Jacobson, to just name a few. When you're performing at this level, you certainly need the latest in light bulb technology with the most comprehensive warranties and one of the best crash replacement programs in the industry. Maniacs provides a huge variety of packs from 2S up to 14S, with multiple three ratings ranging from 35C to 70C, which caters to everyone's needs and budgets. The best part of Maniacs is their lipos come with a one year from purchase date manufacturer warranty, free of manufacturer defects. In addition to a six month crash replacement program, 30% off MSRP, six months from the purchase date. These batteries can be found at ManiacsUSA.com. Hope to see you all at the next event. Gentlemen, what's your best crash? Oh, that's... Well, for me, I know I know exactly my best crash for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was uh, one of the years at Urcha. I don't remember what year it was, but uh, I, was, I was flying, and it was towards the end of the flight. Was, you know, I went up to do an auto, and I was like, ah, let's try a blade stop. Let's just see what happens, you know? <laughs> and I think that was the last time I ever did a blade stop. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I went up. I went up real high, did a blade stop. And, you know, I went to uh, try to get the blades going again and I hit the motor or whatever and the blades folded. Uh, and, and that thing lawn darted like from like 400 feet straight in the ground. It was destroyed. <laughs> did, now, uh, so sidebar question, did that change the way you, you tighten 
the blades and the grips after that? Yeah, a little bit. A I little mean, bit. Yeah, but it's like I don't I don't want to do blade stops anymore, so I'm just freaking <laughs> about it. <laughs> you, and then you watch like Nick Maxwell, he he does oh, the blade cool. stops, man, it's crazy, you know. I, I I still think it's like he's sorry, Nick, but. I don't think he's really doing a blade stop. I think it's like some some like David Copperville like illusion. Yeah, it's way out there. A drone is coming in and draw. I don't know. Like is I've seen it too, and I'm like, what? No, yeah. wait, is it what? Huh? It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, when I when I see him do that, all I think of is was my crash there. <laughs> I'm like, don't even try it again. Don't do it. <laughs> now, have you asked him like, what is his technique to do the blade stop and recover from it, or or? Um, well, I mean, I asked him, what I asked him was, is like, hey, do you, uh, do you tighten your blades like crazy so they don't fold? And he's like, no, no, I leave them real loose and they never fold. And I'm like, wow, okay. Um, not sure what I did wrong, but. <laughs> bad day, bad wind gusts that. Maybe, yeah. Maybe? Yeah, it was, yeah, maybe. But definitely, I don't want to, I don't really want to do that again, but. <laughs> Donnie, best crash. Man. Um, best crap. Well, I, I want to say can one, I, but it was. Can I mention one, Donnie? Like, yes, one? yes, you can. No, dude, no. Ah. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. Wait, no, let, no, let, no, let, no. Let me mention one. Wait, I know, I know the one you're mentioning. It might not be the one you're thinking of. No, you're mentioning Southwest Heli Radio 2020 at night. No, 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 no. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay, so Ben, it you was, should go. Yeah, it was. Okay, uh, it wasn't 2020. It was a different year at Southwest LA Rodeo. Oh, I was gonna say this one. Yep. And yeah, I don't know what you were doing, dude, but you were coming from from the right, like going full yep. speed, and you just like just buried it in the ground. It slid like a hundred feet. <laughs> yep. Dude, it was... You could probably explain it better, but it, that was my favorite one. <laughs> I was. We had just like it was the next day. I think it was like maybe thursday or friday um and we just had pulled in that that following night and um let's see i really wanted to fly i i might have been we might have pulled in like that evening and i wanted to fly because it was the afternoonish and uh or it, it might i i forgot um uh, but i really wanted to fly but i remember i was a little sluggish um and at the field that the rodeo was at, it was the original location. And they had, um, like, it was like, like, like a mat, like these little mounds, like every like few feet that, that would be like dirt all the way. Um, and when I was coming in, I came, yeah, from right to left. And I, I just came in and I was doing, I was coming down and doing TikToks down the, down the field. And I just remember, or man, I don't even remember, but I remember I hit the blade, the blade caught on one of those mounds and I just saw a puff of dirt and just the thing just start like going full speed. So I was picking up some speed and it just went down the field, like, and it just tumbled and slid <laughs> from where it hit. It was, it was, it was a quiet ways down, um, from, uh, from where, where where it first hit, but that was a good flight. I mean, a good crash. Um, I think prior was a good. I think it was a good flight, kind of getting there, and then boom, it just got destroyed. <laughs> is it on? Is it on video? 
Um, I don't think because I think it was either the morning or like in the afternoon. It was just it was one of those days, just one of those flights. I would just wanted to get a flight in and it didn't go as planned. So I remember your dad wasn't too happy with you. <laughs> yeah, my, because we, yeah, we just we were just changed back to to we went from some company to back to a line, and it could only do like I think one helicopter for that event. And, um, so I only had one. Wait, you, so I, I you only it, had, sorry. So you only had one heli. I think I had one helicopter. And, yeah. I only had one heli. But, but your dad had his own helis, correct? Um, and I don't think he had, I don't, I think it was just so tight. We just switched and I, I decided to go to, uh, back to a line and, um, I only had one helicopter. Oh, and wow. I, I think it was, it was so early in the event you know it was not even the main day or even the i think it was a thursday and that's why i was so mad um <laughs> i just remember him being so so mad and um and uh i don't know if ben remembers this though i like maybe like an hour later or so he ben goes up that that like that day and, oh, and i don't know what happened you gotta bring this and, up <laughs> and, and I, I was standing like behind him and he, and he was flying, and I forgot what happened, but his heli went in too. So like at the same, well, he had another one. He had two lines and others, but I was like, well, I'm not the, not the only one that crashed You're the line. Fault, you started it. <laughs> I'm just saying because it was funny because I was like, damn, I crashed. You know, I'm the one that crashed, and then you know, now or later, Ben, you know, something. I I was it. I remember, I, I think I remember was, what it was. It was. It was when I was switching to uh, Futaba. So I was going from V-Bar. I, well, actually, no, oh. I think I was going from, uh, yeah, 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 I was I was going from V-Bar, and I was switching to Futaba. And I wasn't quite in tune yet with the Futaba. I was still, you know, I mean, I, I had literally just, just switched probably like maybe a week before that event. So I was still trying to, you know, to get used to it. And as I remember, I, I just did something that was, a little too low and, and you know went in but <laughs> and it was on a friday too i was like oh i should have you know waited till saturday to fly this low <laughs> yeah donnie what happened that so the rest of the rodeo you crashed the only heli that I, i'm if i'm getting this right you and your father were shelling in this one bird correct yeah we just came up with i think one uh, we might have came with like one small one or something like that but i might have had like a Maybe I I can't remember, but I remember. Yeah, I remember he was wrenching like the whole day, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so my dad decided to get it going, tried to get it going. We got some parts from some people, and um, I don't know. I just I forget. It was it was more than what we had or what others had, and it, we just couldn't get it going. We had like a violent shake, and something was bent. We didn't have, and. Uh, we just put it away <laughs> and I was just kind of spectating the whole event. So it was fun, <laughs> but I was just flying other people's stuff, which yeah. I'm known for too. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I would go sometimes, but yeah, that, that was a, that was a good crash. I would say. Yeah. Um, and then a good like explosion would be my, my line too. Yeah, I don't know why it's always the lines, you know, <laughs> for me. I just love those helicopters and, 
you know, I would fly them to their max. And um, it's when I sheared the the main shaft off. Of Holy the line. cow! Yeah. What really? Yeah, yeah. I was doing a TikTok paro, and uh, all of a sudden, <laughs> the helicopter's just you know tail down, just just coming down, and the next thing you know, the head's like flying, floating away, like just like flapping away you know dropping down and yeah wow it was, uh, it was pretty intense but it's got it was cool there's a video kenny hill um posted it's on uh it's not on youtube it's on the other i forget the other site um probably vimeo yeah vimeo yeah vimeo yeah okay and he has the, he has the whole flight on it and then and then he does the he shows the crash and or the explosion and then he does it again but in slow motion and it's amazing to see it like pop off. I mean, it just shared perfectly right where the bolts align in the shaft and clean cut and yeah. Between the two of you and how many like you guys fly extremely aggressive, which is rad to watch, but. I mean, how many times have you, quote unquote, broken a heli in the air to where you're like, well, I think I found the, the limitation on that bird or something like that. Yeah, uh, you know it happens pretty often. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say often, but you kind of learn the limits of the helicopter. Uh huh. Um, but for me, when I was flying my lines, a lot, a lot of the limits had to do with like the gears, you know, like the tail gears. Or, you know, even the main gear, which would strip out, you know, before anything else. But wow. um, I've also snapped the main shaft as well, just like Donnie on it. So that was always a little concerning. How did you snap the main shaft? Kind of a similar... Similar, exactly the same maneuver as Donnie was doing, the pirouetting TikToks. Really? Something to do with that maneuver. It just... Uh, so much stress. Doesn't go, doesn't go well with the main shaft on the Align. So, um, but they have you know, come out with fixes for that, okay. like a different main shaft that was, that was supposed mm-hmm. to be a little bit stronger. So I haven't broke one since. Have you similar nervousness about like with the XL power for the Cause the XL power is almost like a baseball bat sized main shaft. I don't think that'll ever have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can break the main shaft on that thing, then I, man, Props to you. <laughs> Props to you. You're, yeah, you're good. You're really good. Yeah. Eh, yeah. I'm sure somebody's done it. Either really good or really bad because you don't know collective management, right? <laughs> well, uh, I'm raising my hand. If you can see me, I'm terrible at collective management. So I just, but I, I don't fly it that hard. So still amazing. I, I have wondered that you, you have a main shaft in the heli and how much stress is under that main shaft is under sometimes when you're flying. Uh, and I'm like, man, I, I can't believe a heli will go up and then oh, come back down. Okay. We're still good. We keep going. I know. Right. After 30, 40, 50 flights and they're still holding together. It's I crazy. know it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, you talked about it. Funny enough. I was going to ask you, because you just talked about a question that I had for you because you're one of the few pilots that I know that fly Futaba. And Donnie's your V-bar guy. So, and then uh, you just mentioned you came from V-bar and then migrated over to Futaba. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. How was that transition really difficult for you? Or was it, you know, it's little things here and there and then all of a sudden it clicked and 
you've been with the Futaba system ever since. Yeah, it was it was pretty similar, believe it or not. The 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 cyclic on the Futaba and the V-Bar feel pretty similar. I mean, they're they're both amazing systems. They're great. Um, for me, what I noticed with the Futaba is the tail is 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 a little bit better than the V-Bar. So really, that's what made me gravitate towards the Futaba more than the V-Bar. Okay. Well, I would say though the programmability with V-Bar is is unmatched i mean it's amazing you know with the v touch and even the older v bar controller how you can just like on the fly set the whole helicopter up and i know fitaba does it now but theirs isn't like like completely there you know what i mean they're trying to get there you think or or they are there but they they got this thing to where they don't want to allow you to be able to program the whole helicopter wirelessly Interesting. They can they can do it, but it's like a safety concern for them is what huh. is what they're saying. Like they don't want you to accidentally reverse the servo while you're flying, which I don't think it'll ever happen anyways. I mean, look at V bar. Everybody, yeah. they're fine, you know. Yeah. So there are certain things that you can't do on the Futaba wirelessly. Uh, you have to plug in your radio to the the CGY unit, okay. and then you can program the whole thing through the radio. Oh, okay. So, so that's yeah. thank you for saying that. So that is. Yeah. Do you need a computer to program? No, you don't. Uh, no. So you just need your uh, your uh, radio, and you just plug it directly into your uh, unit, your uh, flybrass unit, and then you can program the whole thing. Oh, so you can still go to the field and change setup or yeah. or update setup anytime you're you're trying to oh okay that well yeah, that's good to know not, yeah it's good to know but it's just not completely wireless like like Mikado is okay um but there is certain settings that you can do wireless it's okay like uh like you know like control authority uh like the agility and stuff like that like things you like that you can change on the fly without plugging it in cool just not like the main setup like servo reverse and all that stuff okay yep which, in my opinion, I wish I wish they would just add it all in, you know, just just like V-Bar. That's that's my opinion. Uh, yeah, it seems like that would be the smart way to go. I don't, you know, I don't want to use smart, but still, no. And they can do it. They, they can do it. It's just a, it's a, like a safety concern for them. The, Donnie, put to put you on the stop. I mean, have you have you grabbed Ben's radio and one of his helis and put it up in the air? And and how how different do you does it feel to you with like compared to V-Bar. Yeah. Um, I've flown like Ben's like a little, what, like 300 X or something like that. Um, but I have flown a few 700s, uh, from other guys that, that run Fataba. Um, I would have to, I, I agree. And, you know, everyone says it too, is the tail is a bit better. Huh. It holds better. Um, but flying characteristics, the transmitter, how it feels in my hand, I'm very picky, um, and I just don't like. Uh, I just don't like how it feels in my hand. Oh, okay. um, so, for me, for me, the it's I, I prefer V bar. Um, I probably could probably just tune it. You know, the helicopter, the fiber list a little bit more to my liking, but sure. the controller, the controller doesn't. They need to fix the controller for me. <laughs> it's just the switches are too close together. Okay. Um, and I put my fingers in between the switches. So, oh. Um, yeah. I, I don't wear a neck strap. Um, I guess if I wore a neck strap, I could handle it a little bit better. But So for, yeah. for you, it's a lot more ergonomic than... Yeah. But, I mean, Fatawa is pretty good. But I prefer V-Wire over anything now. 
just how simple it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'll yeah. give it that. The V-bar is super simple. Direct to the point. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, for sure. And then Ben, um, Futaba, they it does not have rescue. Is that correct? No, it does not. How's the integration with Futaba though, and t- telemetry? Oh well, telemetry is great with Futaba. I mean, you, they have all kinds of different sensors that you can get um, that allow you to, you know, um, temperature sensors, capacity sense, amperage. They have everything that you can. And I'm pretty sure that you can even um, tap into the hobby wing and get telemetry from there as well. So, yeah. Do you run telemetry when you're flying? Uh, I have before, but not currently. Oh, so you yeah, just timer? Timer, yeah, old school. Wow. Yep. So today I was when uh, this morning I was uh, up a little bit early before my family, which is a rare often. It doesn't happen very often. And on the Hangout, it was kind of an issue. I came across somebody asking a, a cool tech question. And so I was like, well, since I'm having two badass pilots on the, the show tonight, maybe I should ask you guys. But somebody posted a question about setting pitch in your blades. Do you like to set the blades over the boom and canopy? Or do you do it perpendicular with the heli? What's your preferred mm-hmm. method of setup? For me, it's over the over the boom, like straight over the boom in the canopy. Johnny, yeah, same here. Um, that's that's how I kind of was taught, you know, and that's how I. I think that's common. I I mean, I don't I don't see too many people that do it the other way. I don't know. I've seen a couple guys do it the other way, but I've never really asked a question of like, is it? You you know, quite frankly, maybe the next time I do a setup, just check, like check it over the boom and then check it on this perpendicular to see if it's the same. I mean, if you're, if your swash plates level, it's technically, it shouldn't matter, right? It shouldn't I mean, matter. Yeah. Well, uh, well, thank you for sharing that guys. I was going to say another question is, um, well, I personally, I know some people, I don't know, Ben, do you use a pitch gauge or are yeah. you one of those that don't use a pitch gauge? How do you not no, use it? Hold gauge. on. How, how do you not use a pitch gauge? Please. Doesn't Mitch, well, not, Mitch doesn't use a pitch gauge. Yeah, I know a few people actually that don't. Uh, besides yeah. Woods, I think yeah, um, I know an, a good pilot, Ray, uh, Ray Ray. We call him Ray Ray uh, from San Diego. He do, he doesn't use a pitch gauge. He just goes left field. Linkage just with the wrench. Honest, I mean, I could see that though, like because sometimes sometimes I'll set my helicopter up and it's you know I'll put it what fourteen degrees is usually where I like start at right, and then I'll okay. go out. And then I'll I'll just feel it, and sometimes it'll feel like it's not enough, or maybe it's too much, and I'll just raise or lower, just depending on how it feels for me. Oh, yeah, it's all about feel and what you like, you know. Not necessarily have it has to be thirteen degrees, or it has to be twelve, whatever the number is, you know. Just whatever feels good for you. True. And, True. And, yeah, and fourteen degrees is a lot, so don't go set up your heli at fourteen degrees of pitch because that's a lot. <laughs> Donnie, what pitch settings do you like to run? Uh, about like fourteen. Um, wow! It's just because it also has to go with sometimes though, um, depending the blades you use. I would say because uh, example like Azure Power, uh, we recommend to use a little bit more pitch on our um, new line, the S line, mm-hmm. um, just because it's just a different. Uh, it's weighed uh, the um, the CG's weighed a little different, so. 
um, to get a little bit more out of the blades. We recommend, you know, your style changing and your expo going down a little bit. Um, so, you know, and I know some blades are different, you know, some blades are more aggressive than others. Um, like our regulars, there's, I, I've known people that would be at like maybe 13 and a half, maybe 14 and would go down, you know, to 13 and a half from 14 or 13 and a half to 13. So, and, and also, you know, for me and Ben, because we travel, uh, pitch changes, you know, I'm at sea level. So right. when I go anywhere else, I'm way thrown off. I, I could run, you know, 13 and a half and that's perfect and enough for me. Uh, but if I go to like Arizona, like a few, like, um, the rodeo. when we were in, uh, at the rodeo, 13 and a half was not enough. Um, so things like that. For no, ben, I'll, should, yeah. I'll add to that because, um, the last, last month I went to, uh, Fernley, Nevada. Uh-huh. With the Go Down. Yeah. Uh, it was a great, great event by the way. So, um, but I went up there and the, the elevations like 5,000 feet there. So it's way up there. <laughs> and, um, I had to increase my pitch so much. Um, I just kind of did it like by feel, like I was saying, and I got it to where I like it. And then I went back, just, just curious. I put the pitch gauge on to see what it was set at. And it was like 17 degrees. I am not kidding. 17 degrees of pitch. I'm like, what? It did not feel like 17 degrees at that altitude, but that's what it took to make up the difference. Just the air being thinner. So the blades not grabbing as much. Yep, and it was it was kind of hot too. It was almost ninety degrees during the day, and that that also doesn't help. And then not changing your head speed either, Ben. Um, I did raise the head speed. I went up about a hundred RPM. Okay. So usually, I'm, usually I run like twenty two fifty ish, twenty three maybe, and I was almost twenty four up there. So. Wow. Okay. It's cranking. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I used to when um, the Utah fun fly was going on uh i remember that like struggle it's just a high elevation and and uh i wasn't used to that and like um i remember one time i did a crash too it was kind of low and i hit the blades but it, it seemed in in my eyes it seemed like i was in slow motion i just you know it, it just kind of i was going on a flip and it just took longer you know because it was just slower Wow. And just hit the ground. <laughs> I didn't have enough time to recover. But it was a cool crash. It was a cool crash, too. Well, on that yeah. note, I haven't gotten out much. So forgive me. So I've only flown in Southern California. But like when both of you attend Urcha in the summer in the Midwest, uh, usually but you both go, I'm pretty sure, every year. But with it being kind of hot and muggy out there, do you find you have to change your pitch and your head speed as well a little bit? Uh, Urcha for me, not really, but Las Vegas is at like 2000 feet elevation. Mm-hmm. So the air, air is pretty thin here. I mean, compared to a lot of the other places that I go. So when I go to Urcha, it's almost the same, maybe a little bit more for me. Cool. Um, but for Donnie, it might be the opposite. Yeah. So at home, what I think is like a lot or is good enough head speed or so. Anywhere I go, it seems watching Ben fly and stuff. It seems like my heli should be at that, and it is at home. But you know, once you get you know just a little bit, it starts slugging up. Um, so I always be changing, but um, I, I'm, I think I'm going to change that a little bit more this coming 
New Year, so try some new stuff. Maybe next year we can all go to the Mile High. It's always isn't it called the Mile High? In Colorado? Yeah, the one in Colorado, the Denver. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's about the same altitude as the Friendly Nevada one too. Oh so. okay. I in my mind I was thinking that the Denver one would be higher, but okay. Yeah, I think Mile High is like fifty five hundred feet. So I mean, Friendly was right there. Oh wow. wow. Yeah, way up there. Well, gentlemen. Uh, you know, once again, thank you so much. That's all the questions I have. So, uh, you know, but there is the little thing of the end of our uh, Hellyhead show that we owners and operators of this lovely podcast like to do the hashtags. Gentlemen, have any hashtags for me? Hashtag it's almost turkey day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> I mean, can I give you one? Yeah, go ahead. Hashtag Black Friday Heli Direct. Ooh, Hashtag, I like that one. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Hashtag, Hashtag good like skies are going to be on sale. Uh, yeah, uh, they are. They have been on sale. Hashtag they have been on sale. Correct. No. Hashtag yes. Oh no, they uh, haven't. The good skies just sale started. starting on Friday. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, speaking of, is uh, hashtag Heli Direct starting on Friday? Hashtag they have started. <laughs> they they had a pre hashtag already selling. Yeah, really selling. Hashtag really selling. Hashtag yeah. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good hashtag. That, that was good. <laughs> ben, say that again. Hashtag Heli Direct has everything right now. <laughs> that is the that is the amazing thing I will say about Heli Direct. They do have freaking everything. It's rad. It is the buffet, right? Yeah, it is the buffet, and and, and I don't know if it's just the, because of the the shipping lanes or whatever the hell it is. But being on the West Coast, even though Heli Direct's in Indiana, I know that. But still, I'll order stuff from them, and then like two days later, it's on my doorstep. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Exactly. They're killing it for sure. They're yeah. doing awesome. So it's it's rad for that. Is that all your hashtags? Hashtag ready for the new season. There we go. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I want to get, for the listeners, I want to get more on the, the East Coast. You know, get, Me as well. I'm good, I'm good friends with uh, Devin and Mr. his dad, Mr. McToon and stuff, and Lamont James and stuff. Um, so I'm trying to get out there. Um if you ever, you know, see one of my posts, you know, comment like an event. Um, I know Steve Young told me to go to Chile out uh, for RCHO. That's uh, supposed to be a big one. Yeah, I'm, I, I told Lamont and I, I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to do um, Spring Fling this year. I mean, this coming year. Um, and then another one I wanted to do is Heli Extravaganza. That looked pretty fun. So I've been I've been to that one. That one's good, Donnie. Where's Extravaganza? Yeah. Is that in Virginia as well? I think it's it, South Carolina. Okay, okay. See, I can I can never keep my uh, geography straight. Okay. Any of you gentlemen planning on buying a last minute ticket to uh, Orlando? Orlando, the torches event. Man, I really want to, but I don't know. We're running out of time. Okay, okay. H- hashtag last minute plane ticket. Hashtag, Hashtag let's, let's go. go. <laughs> 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 Hashtag who's fan. <laughs> there we go. There we yeah. go. 
Do you have a heli drone? No, I'm not going to ask that. Never mind. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. But one thing I need to ask you guys, Ben, how can uh, the listeners get a hold of you and ask you any, you know, any cool questions that you might want to answer? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all my socials, man. You know, Instagram, Facebook, Ben Storick. I'm on there. Uh, Instagram, Ben's Heli, B-E-N-S-H-E-L-I. And uh, just Ben Storick on Facebook. And yeah, you can reach reach me on there. And I, I try to reply to everybody. So Sweet. Yep. Donnie, how can they get a hold of yeah. you? Yeah. So Facebook, uh, it's uh, Donnie Petchy. Um, Instagram, it's Donnie underscore Helly. Um, always feel free to message me um, on private message or you know reach out on a comment, on a post or anything. Um, I'm gonna shout out to uh, for Torque. Any Torque questions? Our Facebook page is Torque Servos, and also our Instagram uh, Torque Servo. Um, and same with Pulse Battery. Feel free to message out. Most likely it might be me um, messaging you guys back, any questions and stuff. So feel free. Yeah. Always here to help. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for taking time out of your busy week, especially with the holiday coming up, uh, to come on and chat with me about this. Is so much fun. I've had a blast, really, honestly. Uh, any last little tidbits before we sign off? I don't know. I think we covered, we covered a lot. It was was awesome thank you for having me on for sure yeah thank you you know the podcast for you know letting us take over i know yeah i mean that's amazing and um it's been a fun time and you know everyone out there i hope to see you guys soon stay safe happy holidays the same happy holidays stay safe everybody thank you again to the heli heads kevin gucci kyle christy crispy Thanks, guys, for allowing us to do this West Coast Takeover show. Thank you, Donnie. Thank you, Ben, so much. And thank you. Happy of Thanksgiving. Course, thank you. Happy Me Thanksgiving. Too. Happy Robert. Thanksgiving. That was fun. That yeah, was I so much fun for another hour. Or so. Well, I can <laughs> we can I can edit, but I I felt bad because it's like ten twelve and Ben said he hadn't eaten dinner. <laughs> he hadn't eaten dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry. What you think of Ben Taco Bell? I might have to, dude. Hey, dude, I, have, I already had Taco Bell, dude. I was just about that, dude. Fun flight traditions, is, bro. Is oh, is that well? How do you talk about out in the middle of nowhere, though, when it's like a fun fly out yeah. in the middle of nowhere? Well, the last fun fly, the Arizona fun fly, we couldn't get Taco Bell because it was out in the middle of nowhere. So, Did you uh, go to that taco spot that was the, the the Mexican joint that was sort of up the street from the field? Yes. Yeah. Was it yeah. good? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. Really good. All right. All right. Good. We went to the Italian place, too. It was, it was all right. It was it's okay. What do you think, Donnie? Oh, the Italian place? Nah. <laughs> I give it like the ice cream was good though. <laughs> it was good. I mean, it just was super like 
not good service. It was just super long. <laughs> yeah. And the food wasn't right for, like, some of the people. And, like, yeah, I don't know. But the ice cream was bomb, I hear. Not bad. Yeah, the ice no. cream was bomb. I went back, like, three times. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember, Ben, they were doing the show? <laughs> they they were doing the show in Doug's trailer, and that's where we were charging oh, our batteries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I ran out of batteries, and, and I was like, I, I need a charge, man. <laughs> the, wait, wait, the Helihides guys were doing a show? Mm-hmm. In the trailer, in the back of Doug's trailer. At Rodeo? At, yeah, at the yeah. Rodeo. Oh. We had all our batteries set up, and they're charging, and uh, we, we were out of packs, and we are like, uh, are they, when are they going to be done? We got to, we got to charge. <laughs> <laughs> We're all standing out the door looking in there like, Hey, can we charge? <laughs> I, I would have just barged in like, dude, you guys can do your, keep doing your podcast, but we got to fly. This is serious. This is, a, I think that would have been a cool, cool little, little add on to the it podcast. Should have been. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fun was- fly, not a fun podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? We need to charge. <laughs> oh, that's <Right>. amazing. <laughs> but last, while I have this microphone, I wanted to do a huge shout out and thank you to the Freefall RC podcast crew. Steve, Andy, Kevin, and Ian, thank you for the last seven years of entertainment, informative knowledge with building tips, setups, and reviews. A lot of the reviews you guys did on your show really helped me make some decisions on what first heli to purchase and also some of the first electronics that I purchased for my first 700. So thank you very, very much for all of your information, your thoughts, your unbiased thoughts, mind you. Best of luck on your next adventures, gentlemen. I really, really hope to meet you in 2023, have a beer with you, and hopefully fly. Thank you guys so much. God bless and good night.